Hello, everyone. We are in. Mon where are we? Wilmington. Wilmington, Massachusetts. Massachusetts. And we are here with our friend Nick Moraes. Yep. With right. Equilibrium Dog Training. We just finished up a workshop here, our first workshop indoors, actually. And thankfully it was indoors because it was literally like negative 29. Um, on my weather app for like two of the three days. For two of the three days, and it is February, so it is February. It's kind of expected, <laughs> but that was a little extreme. That's the coldest I ever seen here <laughs> since two thousand six when I moved here. So yeah, it was, it was pretty cold. It was a little extreme, and then today on Monday it's like fifty. Yeah. So, and we just got done doing some work. Um, but yeah, so. Like I said, we're here with Nick and um, just kind of want him to talk a little bit about his history in dogs and what he's been up to. And yeah. Thank you, John. So I began in 2018 when I adopted my, my dog, Manny, which is laying down right here, chilling with us. And, um, you know, as most rescue dogs that we see, you know, they come with their own personal issues. Um, and, you know, we, we sort of default into Dr. Google to try to figure out what to do and how to... Who is Dr. Google? You know, <laughs> Google. Doc, oh, God, God, Do Dr. Okay. Google. Just, you know, I thought you said Google. No, no, Google. <laughs> okay. You know, and YouTube, Dr. Google and Dr. Oh, YouTube yeah, oh, to yeah. figure out everything yes. that you, you Got know. it. Now, now it makes more sense. Like There's most dog trainers out there, you know, yeah. get your education through YouTube and then you're a specialist suddenly. Mm. Um, so, you know, she had some pretty decent behavior issues that gener generated a lot of stress in our family and our household. And we, you know, we knew we need to address it. And uh, we thought that just sending her to like a, a two-week board and train situation, day train situation would fix those issues just with simple obedience and, you know, putting a knee collar on or a prong collar on. And we realized quite quickly that that wasn't the solution and actually things got even a little bit worse. Um, so I kind of started studying a little bit myself and realized that some maybe I I can figure the things out rather than outsourcing it, and uh, you know, and I began like most people begin, um, you know, obedience marker training and uh, trying to use all kinds of tools that you can in order to punish bad behavior and using food or toys to reinforce good behavior in quotations. So you know, it's it, it's all right you get to a place, but. It doesn't feel deep enough. It feels superficial. You know, the dog looks at you differently. It just didn't feel right. And uh, I didn't feel the connection that I wanted to feel with her knowing the kind of dog she was. I felt like for some reason I was lacking connection with her. And I wanted to achieve that with her. And did you see something? Like, what was the... Given the dog she was, what do you mean by that? I could tell that she had a, a, an amazing soul to her. She mm -hmm. was just, she just was an amazing being herself. She was a, she just needed guidance and support. Mm -hmm. And uh, I didn't know how to, how to do it. You know, you watch Dog Whisper, Cesar Milan, you're chewing the dog, you're chewing the dog, you're kind of with the leash, like 
popping the dog at all the time and you know but we know that well not everybody's capable to have those kind of skills and a kind of timing and a lot of the times you end up making their issues worse if you're not if you don't know what you're doing if you don't have that gift that you know caesar has in mm. some ways you know and um and then I decided to start studying and start seeing, you know, looking for other options, you know. And I ran into Lynn Boki, which was someone that I was very happy to meet. Um, and I did a workshop with him, which kind of blew my mind a little bit in regards of just understanding dog psychology, dog behavior, looking with a different lens at their behavior and why they're doing what they were doing, which helped me to begin the process of sort of thinking a little bit differently about how to handle and how to manage dogs in general, mainly my own dog. I wasn't working with anyone's dogs by then. My only concern was her. And what kind of behaviors were you dealing with? She used to go ballistic at bicycles. Mm -hmm. Like you couldn't walk her. I have this picture in my mind of Brooke, my wife, holding her on a flat collar on a lead. She was on her back legs and she used to be like 20 pounds heavier. Mm -hmm. And Brooke is just holding her back as she was on her back legs, like, crying screaming like making all those kinds of noises mm. as bikes are going by mm. and then she is uh what what is she she's a she's an american bully like people would call her a pit bull mm. yeah but she's a pretty big you know she's a big girl big girl and also she had she's a social dog but she was very insecure so she wouldn't allow greetings mm. and every time a dog came close to her she would react pretty negatively to it. Mm. Um, and even if a dog showed submissive behavior to her, she would go after the dog mm-hmm. madly. Mm. And uh, so it's kind of a liability because once you have a pit bull, it's going to always be your fault. doesn't matter what happens. Mm. So I realized that, you know, that wasn't going to work if we couldn't address it. Um, and I also realized that that wasn't going to happen overnight. You know, I knew that things in that sense wouldn't happen in my timing because I tried to make things happen in my timing and it didn't work out. Mm. Uh, So I worked with Lynn a lot. Uh, I kept my studies going. I kept trying to grow my, my knowledge in behavior in, you know, how to handle dogs and how to understand them better. And then through Lynn, I met you guys. Uh, he held back the information for a while, but finally I was going to <laughs> rip it out of him and, you know, about the cowboy in Oregon. And, uh, and then I got to meet you guys in 2000, was it 21 or 20? I forgot now. I think it was 21. I think it was 21. 21. Yeah. In July. Yeah. yeah. That I was able to do the workshop and, uh, also do the and student of the pack. And yeah. You did the back to back. Yeah. And that's when. Besides clicking with you guys right away, I could see that there was something different there. There was something that I'd never seen before. There was something that had more depth to it. And being myself, I love hard things and things that are challenging. I, you know, that interest grew and I started, but first actually I bought the book. I bought the book first Mm, and I got the lead. That's right. Then I read the book front to back, like probably five times, and I start working Manny on The Gentle Method um, mm-hmm. on my own. And, uh, you know, I saw, I could, I started grasping the surface of the concept. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw some difference in her understanding of dealing with pressure, uh, or mechanical pressure from the lead. Her, her became, She became lighter. Our connection started to increase a little, but I still didn't understand as well. And what do you mean by connection? She started looking at me more. 
Mm. Um, I start receiving organic eye contact. Mm-hmm. Um, our, you know, when I, my, her punctuality, me and starting and stopping, she was kind of being fairly timely with me, which before was just kind of like a tug of war back and forth. Mm-hmm. Unless you have like a prong call or, 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 or a gentle leader or something, it's just, you know, it's just not there. And, mm-hmm. and prior, and if you hear snoring in the background, it is Clyde. Nick's um other dog. Other French dog, bulldog. French bulldog. He <laughs> <laughs> was passed out on a dog yeah. bed. Um but before you uh read the book, did you what other things did you do with her and work with her? Like on? other methods you mean? Or? Yes. Yeah. So basically obedience. What was that? Obedience. Okay. Just, just, just obedience. Was e collar, mm-hmm. um terribly done, by the way. Um, you know, I didn't really use prong collars too much. I tried a couple times, but it never felt right. I don't have a problem with prong collars. I just don't think it's useful to help with reactivity. Mm. You know, if you're doing obedience, you want precision in movements in, in some behavior. Sure, it works. It's fine. You can be much more delicate using a prong collar sometimes than with some dogs than using some other tools. But when you're dealing with a dog with those kind of behaviors, a lot of times you make it worse, you know, because it, unless you you really know what you're doing, which I didn't, um, you make things worse and I did make things worse. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then after reading the book and started working with her to slip lead and getting her a little bit more sensitive with that, uh, I started seeing a little bit of change. And then I realized that to deepen my understanding of the method and the philosophy behind it, I had to go see you guys, you know, and uh, I had to go to Oregon. So my wife was kind enough to give me the time <laughs> and I and I went and spent almost a week there between the pack first and then mm-hmm. working with a with a borrowed dog which was awesome that you guys provided thank mm-hmm. you <laughs> and i had the opportunity to attend my first workshop and that made a massive difference because then i was able to actually see you guys handling the dogs mm-hmm. all dogs from like barry little chihuahua guy to hank like gigantic you know gray dane mm-hmm. and uh, every single dog in the pack was connected to you guys whether they were on leash or not, mm. on lead or not. And that was something that I had never seen before. I never, you know, I, I, I didn't, you know, you see some dog walkers with dogs and stuff like that. The dog's walking behind, but the dogs are not connected. The dogs are just, they're more connected with the other dogs than they're connected with whoever is leading the, the sort of the, the, the pack or the, or the group that is moving together. <laughs> and with you guys, I realized that even when I was walking and I stopped, all the dogs just stopped behind me. Even though they're, I never worked with them. So oh, like when oh, you were yeah, out with the pack, yeah, out the, the pack, pack members stopped. So they just like, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, the dog, the pack stopped behind me, and I'm like, oh wow, okay. Yeah, and they I all remember, looked at me. I remember Cole and I went ahead, and you stayed a little bit behind us, like 20 feet or something. So you were walking all 30 plus. Yeah, dogs and you guys were handling the other dogs, <laughs> and we had the new dogs or whatever. But yeah, you would stop. But Herbert still there. You're re- that you're rehabilitating. Yeah, so Herbert yeah, like yeah. hardcore working. Yeah. yeah, and then the new pack members and Beckett. Right. Beckett was, was Beckett, Beckett and Beckett Herbert was, yeah. working yeah. hardcore. Yeah. yeah, and I was with the pack, and then I stopped. The pack stops, and everybody looks at me. I'm like, <laughs> why? Like, oh wow, okay, that was interesting. I was like, okay, I kind of like this it seems interesting all right, right. there's connection here and those dogs don't even know me yeah so that definitely sparked a huge interest and john you know has merlin which is a horse which i grew up you know riding horses and having that kind of experience never to the level of 
you know, or anything, but I always loved it. And that's something that fell off my life once I sort of became a, you know, an adolescent, you know, and became a little bit older. I kind of, that fell off my life, but I always loved it. I always had it drawn towards dogs and horses. Mm-hmm. And seeing that what they do with the dogs came from horsemanship, I was like, holy moly, it makes so much sense. Regardless of whatever people say that, Horses are prey animal and, and dogs are predators. Stupid. I'm sorry. It's just they're animals. They're animals that we bring into living to our world and they need our guidance to know how to navigate our world. Mm-hmm. Regardless if they're prey, if they're predators, whatever they are. Mm-hmm. You know, a, a horse can be a predator. You know that pretty well sometimes, mm-hmm. depending on the yeah. mindset. And a dog can be prey. Most dogs feel like prey most of the time yeah. if you mm-hmm. see a lot of dogs that we work with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and that you, you grew up in Brazil. In Brazil, yeah. I'm from Brazil. Mm-hmm. So, okay. you know, it's just and there, I mean, there the dogs basically. Now it's a little different, but the dogs are just outside and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like people they don't walk dogs there. People yeah, the dogs just hang in the yard. <laughs> more country. Exactly. Yeah, right. It's yeah. just sort of, you know, we just don't eat dogs, but all the rest is just you know, yeah. the do- <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like more the Midwest. And how that feels. Yeah. How exactly. That feels. Just yeah. like Chain the you dog know, to the tree and the dog yeah. is just hanging like in the, the dog has a line in the backyard that they yep. can run around on, you know, yeah. but. Yeah. Or you see dogs on the top of pickup trucks or flatbed pickups. Or just know, like, like wander just, in the country. There we go. Or you know just, that it belongs to someone. It's yes, just, yes. Just stray dogs everywhere. Yeah. But yeah exactly. Yeah. So after the first workshop that I got a better grasp of the, of the concept, then I started really diving into it and really started practicing more. But I realized that that I still wanted more because that clicked. Mm. That made me feel, me and her, Manny, I could feel that connection growing with each time that we worked together in that way. We weren't using treats, we weren't using toys, even though she can be crazy, her drive can be insane with toys and treats. But again, that just feels like an exchange-based relationship. Mm-hmm. Which, if you think about, I mean, with your best friends, that's not the kind of relationship we have. Mm-hmm. With your significant other, that's not the relationship you have. Those are deeper relationships. Why do you have to have that kind of relationship with our dogs? Mm-hmm. So it made a lot of sense that to spend more time, more intentional time with my dog so I can build that relationship. So the dog is actually, we have a relationship based in trust, respect, you know, love is there from the moment you, you know, you almost, you bring them into your life. I mean, the connection happens pretty quickly with most dogs, but the respect, the trust, those things are a little bit more, a little bit trickier. <laughs> they take mm-hmm. a little bit more effort. Yeah, a little yeah. bit more effort and a little bit more patience. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and I think it's important to that, to remember that those things kind of have to happen at the dog's timing, not an hour timing. And, uh, you know, through practice, I could see that improving and our relationship growing and her looking at me more and her body language staying more neutral in general. Mm. And as I advanced my my knowledge and my abilities within the method, which I was able to progress her into the more advanced steps, so, you know, backing her up, working hindquarters and everything, mm-hmm. I started exploring the idea of just starting to, you know, she didn't allow dogs to sniff her. So now let me back her up to dogs mm-hmm. and see what happens. And suddenly, you know, after a couple reps, after a couple, and a couple reps, meaning like, wasn't that many, which I was very surprised about it. Mm-hmm. She started allowing dogs to greet her mm-hmm. and she proceeded to greeting the dogs. 
because the moment she realized that nothing happened, she was like, all right, I'll give this a try. And then suddenly she's my main working dog that I can have dogs like going absolutely bananas at her. And she just looks at me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, neutral. she was at the workshop with you and she was off leash. This a week- lot of the time this, this weekend. weekend. Um, dogs walking past her, people walking past um, and not really paying any attention to them. except just kind of like having loving eyes for you and <laughs> watching you have a conversation or watching you watch the workshop. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, she's But it wasn't it's not like this hyper focus. No. no. Like I would pass by and she'd kind of look over at me and be like, "Hey, what's up?" Like there's just this relaxed. Yeah, he's like, different than like those working dogs that are just like glued eyes to you because they're afraid right. of getting stemmed, you know, has receiving a knee collar right. correction to oh, keep looking up. It came from her. I never gave and I tell people, people don't believe me. I've never given a single piece of food for her eye contact mm-hmm. ever in 6 years that I have her. Mm-hmm. So it feels pretty good, and mm-hmm. and it doesn't matter the situation, doesn't matter where we are. I always have her eyes. Mm-hmm. I can always have her eyes. A lot of the times, I don't even have to do anything. And if I have to do something, all I have to do is just move her body a little bit, and we reconnect. Yeah. So that felt right. That felt good. Mm-hmm. And then you know, with time, I started going to you guys more, and then we kind of grew a little bit of a deeper relationship, not just in a in a in a situation of being you know mentor and mentee in that sense but also right. i think a, a friendship started kind of you know flourishing a little bit more and you guys came into my house before we worked together there too you got to meet my family yeah you got to meet this guy that is snoring in the background here that's <laughs> my my nemesis but i love him to death you know so you know and went from there and yeah. i i'm definitely that is the way that i that i choose to work with all the dogs I work with mm-hmm. um, because that builds that relationship. It might take a little bit longer, mm-hmm. but it never goes away. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't require maintenance. Different mm-hmm. than when you're using conditioned behaviors, if you don't reinforce them in a schedule, they go away. Yeah, that's a good point because, like, I didn't, I didn't work with Juno on the gentle method very much at all at all because he was pretty far developed he was he was very far developed um and yeah i just i didn't have to to work with him very much on it at all but when i did need to he was all right there maybe he's a little rusty but nothing crazy Mm -hmm. um and then similarly with stitch like we haven't worked with him for a month and a half before the workshop. And then like the day before we like got him a little warmed up, you know, Mm -hmm. but it was, it's all right there. Yeah. Um, And and, and then the same thing with our pack, like we'll leave the pack for six months. And the last time we left them for six months, we get back and it's just like, we're all just enjoying each other and all the skills are there. It's like what you said with like, it's, it's like a friendship. It's like a, that deeper level of a relationship, more of like a partnership or a friendship or family where there's a deeper understanding of each other and there's been a lot of work that's gone in and effort that's gone in to maintaining it. And then it's just the trust is there, the respect's there, the love is there. 
you, you're, you're able to pick it up for, from where you left off before. Yeah, so you, just you, like with an old friend. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I saw that because the first time you guys came here, when you went to the workshop in Vermont, and then you came to my house, I think that was the first time that you guys hit the road, isn't it? That was the first year that you guys did the I think, traveling. I think it was the first year. Wasn't it? I'm pretty sure that it was when you guys did yeah. that, the, the, yeah. the going around sort of driving. But yeah. I, think, I think that was the first year, wasn't it? We had done a couple of longer trips before that, but... That was our first but like teaching, in, intentional. Teaching as well. Mm-mm. Oh, that's what. I, yeah. Yeah. Intentional teaching. like teaching. Exactly. Trip. Yeah. And then I went to Oregon too the year like when you guys came back, and I saw the pack, and it's just like all right, it's <laughs> the same, nothing changes. We got new dogs in, but it's and the new dogs are already a lot of them are already finished as well by the time I got there already. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like that was that was pretty awesome it's, to watch. It's cool to see you come back because like you. The first time you came, Beckett was starting, my mom's dog, who's yeah. an Aussie do-it-all. And and then you came back and got to see him, like, the next year. Yeah. And how they, like, grow and change over the years. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. And I was able to actually work him this time as well. Oh, yeah. Because the first time I went, I mean, I didn't have the skill level to even touch the dogs, to, to, to work the dogs in a pack. But the second time I went back, you guys were kind enough to allow me to actually work some of the dogs and and it was amazing because Mm. the dog that i saw learning the method then suddenly i'm going there and and working the dog and Mm. the dog is responding to me the same way that it respond to the two of you Mm. so that was that was awesome that Mm. was phenomenal and that clicked with me from the very beginning and uh yeah and here we are (laughs) (laughs) and today john helped me to clean up a couple more things with manny so yeah that was that was good yeah um, yeah, I think at this point you are, you've worked with us the most. Yeah. Yes. Got it. You've worked with us <laughs> which is kind of cool. Especially um, for being on the other side of the U.S. Yeah, it's that's, pretty impressive. That kind of says a lot. <laughs> a lot of people have a hard time getting to us and they live very close. Right. You know, you're very dedicated, which is, it's, it's shown. I mean, it definitely yeah. is, is seen in Manny. Yeah. Um, like she's a, a great ambassador for gentle method. Yeah. Um in, in a multitude of different ways. Not necessarily just the movement, but the connection that you talk about. Yeah. Like uh, yeah. And she gives it to you too, which yeah. when it works with you, that's what makes me the happiest because it's not just with me. Yeah. She gives you the same eyes that she gives to me when you are holding that lead. I mean, even if you're not holding the lead, she, but when you're holding the lead, it's just like it's you now. And, yeah. you know, which is, which is, which it blows my mind because in a lot of situations, if you have a dog that you just do obedience with, they won't really work with other people mm. very much because you don't have the kind of reinforcement history that is necessary for that to happen. But in this kind of situation, with the pack, I mean, I worked a lot of those dogs. I mean, that they got me crossing over every single member of the pack almost. Mm-hmm. Every <laughs> single one of them worked with me the same way. Every single one of them gave me eye contact the same way. Yeah. Mm. So there's something there mm. yeah you know it's just like the what, what i like to consider it is it as is just kind of universal trust mm. you know um universal trust in life and in humans so it doesn't matter who it who it is they're still going to show you that same level of respect and if they don't quite understand what the what you're asking because it's different they're still going to search for an answer yeah you know um so yeah yeah but it's cool to see in like the community that you're building out here as well 
because there were a handful of people in the workshop that are your clients Mm -hmm. and they, it felt like they were like our clients. Yeah. Like it was a great feeling of really great devotion and like desire to connect with their animals and spend time with them and get to know them. And that's your creation. Like you've brought those people into your um, community. Yeah, you've attracted them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are good people, man. And they, you know, they people. read the book. They, yeah, they, they kind of, and they saw the difference in their dogs. Yeah, you know, and they saw the connection, the responsiveness that that they, or just the ability for their dogs to just be more neutral. Mm-hmm. And in the end, I think that's, you know, and we we know that now. I mean, if the dog has an ability to stay neutral to the environment, they can have so much more freedom. They get so much more enjoyment out of life. And that's the thing that's the goal of all of us, of all living beings, is just to be able to have more enjoyment mm-hmm. through life and not just be stressed thinking that the boogeyman is going to jump out of every mm-hmm. corner or behind from every tree mm-hmm. every tree, and just go after you. You know, when mm-hmm. you see a lot of dogs outside, I mean, sometimes when you go for a walk and you see dogs outside, I feel bad looking at those dogs. I'm like, oh my God, look at the, that poor, the dog prefers to be inside the house instead of being outside. And mm-hmm. that's not natural for anything. Mm-hmm. To be just enclosed in a, in, a, in a space for their whole life, you know? So if you can help a dog like that to just find a place of peace, of neutrality, so they can observe without reacting. And if they don't know what to do, they look up at you and like, mm-hmm. hey, I need help here. And you know that they're asking for help. And then you can provide that help, that support to help them go back into it so they get past that the kind of situation that is triggering them. And then you're just building, you're deepening your connection, you're deepening your 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 trust just by, you know, Lynn says that like when you get a being or someone out of confusion, you you become valuable. And I think that is the the ultimate goal. That point about supporting dogs, like I feel that that's not something that's very commonly put in the dog world. It's usually reward, reward label, or a correction, or yeah. something else. Yeah. You you know more about the other dog, dog stuff <laughs> than we do, probably. Like you were mentioning quadrant stuff or whatever, yeah. and I'm like, I have no idea. That's over my head. Um, and now it seems like this, yeah, but support, like it's, you know, if a dog is fearful of something, supporting them through that situation and, and your energy is coming from that angle of support rather than no, or rather than let me distract you. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, so powerful for us when we made that shift to, supporting animals rather than corrections because that's primarily what we would do um it just really transformed our relationships when you think like when i think about like let's say a dog is whining or barking and i say no that makes me feel something inside that is kind of emotional that's like no don't do that stop like For me personally, it's hard for me to say no and mean it without there being a charge behind it. 
And with, whereas, with whereas also maybe it, yeah. when I, when I like feel inside and maybe it's just, it's just a feeling inside where I'm like, no, stop it. But now when it's more of a, I see that you're struggling with fear or overexcitement and I will guide you to a better place. And it's that kind of feeling. It's way more neutral and compassionate instead of being like, no, stop it. Which I feel like is what we used to do. And it was a very emotional thing for me. Mm -hmm. And now that we're, we've changed the lingo behind it, it, it almost like just takes out the emotions and it mm -hmm. makes it just coming from a, this place of like compassion and like more neutrality. I also think that it helps because you went like when you were growing up, you practiced nonviolent communication. Yeah. And there was and also there a lot of anger in my family. Right. And so. so I think that that no word can also be triggering because totally. you learned at a young age to kind of have a bit more empathy. And so when you say no, you kind of put yourself in that position. You're like, well, that doesn't feel very good when somebody says no to me. Right. Totally. You know, there, there maybe is a better way of delivering this or coming at it from a different angle rather than just flat out. No. Right. You know? So that's what I think is, is, um, super is a big benefit. I think it's also the having like a, like language and tools to know how to navigate and communicate around things like that. Yeah. And it's also, I think just going through that experience gave you a lot of awareness, not of just yourself, but other people. Yeah, totally. And but how you make them feel and how your energy makes them feel and how your words make you feel, make them feel and your actions. So, but it's also like you can have awareness, but then not know how to do it. Right. And not, and yes. that's what I feel like I was doing when we were, when we were doing more corrections. And that's what brought me out of the industry is that I was like, there's something in this that does not feel good to me. And I want to be able to communicate better. And I don't have a tool or, you know, communication because a tool is a way that we communicate with, with dogs that feels good in that way. And mm -hmm. I feel like that's what the gentle method did for me was it was, it was that nonviolent communication. It was that way of having that, having that two-way conversation between me and the animal not be so charged on my end mm -hmm. so that I wasn't a guide that was charged. I was a guide that was coming at it in a more neutral way. And not like leading with my emotions, but like leading with compassion, which when I hear support, it feels very compassionate. Mm -hmm. Because I think when you're saying no to something or someone, you're basically telling them, don't feel the way you feel. Yeah. And who are you to do that <laughs> to any other being? It's pretty tough. Yeah. Isn't it? I mean, it's yeah. when you're dealing and I, and I still find myself doing that a lot with the dogs and with my, with my kids and I have to catch myself and be like, mm. I, I don't have the right to do that. Mm. I, I, I can, I can help them. I can find a different way to tell them that 
to maybe guide them in a different direction that might lead them to a better outcome. But I can't just say like, no, mm. don't stop feeling like this. It, 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 does, it doesn't work like that. It's mm -hmm. not fair. It's not, it's not, it has to be both ways. It has to go both ways. Mm -hmm. Well, we were talking about that yesterday or the day before. And that's very selfish on our end to be like, stop feeling that. Yeah. That's because we're pretty much just being like, I don't want you to feel that anymore. Because it bothers me. Because it bothers yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Totally. Super validating. <laughs> it's, like, it's just so awesome to be on oh, the yeah. opposite end of oh, that. Oh, totally. You know? Oh, yeah. But it's a, it really goes over well with relationships. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, just in our relationship alone and you having had been raised the way that you were with nonviolent communication and kind of had to deal with the stuff that you had dealt with growing up. Like you helped me even grow to encompass more of that feeling level mm -hmm. and more of that empathy and be like, whoa, like I really need to take even into more consideration how I'm, I affect other people mm -hmm. and how, When I say, like, basically just not invalidating your feelings. Which is the same with, like, animals. And yes. I, you do that beautifully with animals, um, like, effortlessly with animals. Thanks. Um, <laughs> it's just... That. I'm working on it with, with you. I was just going to say that. I'm <laughs> sorry. I was just going to say that. No, no. I'm, everyone's working on it. I feel like everyone's working on it with humans. Because we get so sucked into our own feelings and our own agenda And you just do, you do a very good job of not having that with animals. Mm, thank you. But it's very like, yeah, putting yourself in their shoes, in a, in a kid's shoes or your partner's, mm -hmm. but also the dogs. And like when you, um, when you, when they're barking or they're reacting or this and that, like thinking what that must feel like in their body and then being able to communicate from that place <sighs> instead of stop that. I'm yeah. embarrassed or I don't, you know this behavior should be gone by now or whatever. Yeah. <clears throat> so you just a minute ago mentioned neutrality and Cole just mentioned emotions. Those are kind of different. Yeah. And what I mean <laughs> by that is, uh, Right, Cole and I were talking, we've had this conversation off and on over the years, but the other day we were kind of breaking it down a little bit more, um, before this conversation that we were having with you and kind of the way I view it, maybe I, I can throw her into the mix as well with sure. this, maybe the way we view it is... If one's neutral, they're feeling. If one is full of emotions, they are not neutral and they are not feeling. Because when you are feeling emotions, you are feeling something, which means you're going to be overshadowed to some degree, a portion, percentage of the percentage of the whole of a relationship that you're in let's say it's with a dog you've got a dog on a lead so if you're emotional 
there's a some block of feeling there. You can't feel as much. Maybe you feel a little bit. Or maybe you just feel your side. Or maybe you just feel your side, but then there's an intellectual thing where you're seeing and you're wanting the dog to do something or execute something, but you're blocked because you're feeling all these these emotions which can cloud your communication. But if you're neutral, then you're just feeling them. It's only neutrality is feeling yeah. to the fullest degree. Yeah. It it I feel like so many people f- feel or s- when they hear neutrality, they, they kind of go to it being this dullness or this, this kind of lack and lackluster. Or like a disconnection. Yes. But for us, what neutrality means is openness, complete freedom to feel and observe. And that's what we mean when we say neutrality with dogs, both with ourselves first finding neutrality and learning to maintain that, which is a, a process in and of itself, which maybe we'll get into a little bit, but really being able to be neutral on our end so that we can feel to the fullest. Because when you're neutral, you're not going to take things personal. Mm-hmm. Right. And the moment you take things personal, your ability to create change disappears well mm. because you get emotional yeah because you get you yeah because <laughs> emotionally getting pissed getting exactly, overly exactly. joyous about even getting overly joyous yeah. sometimes because yes. then yep joy is gonna, an emotion you're gonna push you're gonna you're gonna send all that arousal that excitement yeah. if you're talking about a dog down the lead and sometimes that is not what you're the best way to help that for some for some dogs it might be a little bit you want to be a little bit more jolly to kind of bring them out a little bit yeah. maybe but for a lot of dogs that will actually bring them into a place where then they start losing control again because then it's too much going on and all those yeah. hormones kick in and then they're just kind of, yeah. you know, yeah. so absolutely that makes a lot of sense. And, and you just have to, and the same with the kids. I mean, I see that with the kids all the time. Mm-hmm. The more neutral you can stay with them, the more you're able to calm them down. Mm-hmm. The moment you scream, you raise your voice or you get frustrated, it's gone. It's, <laughs> it's gone. Yeah. You can't. Wait, you can't what's affect- gone? The connection, you mm. can't get them to look at you and like, you can calm them down because mm. in your, is that emotional contagion? You're like mm. charged up, they're charged up, you're getting more charged up, they're automatically getting more charged up and you get more <laughs> charged up. Because, so it's, it's a cycle that never ends. Right. Or but maybe if, they get shut down. Or they get shut and down. And then at some point someone shuts down. And then down. you're screwed. Yeah. And, then and that's yeah. it. So either way, you're kind of screwed. <laughs> if, you're, if your emotions continue to escalate, either... The other entity or being in the 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 exchange is going to escalate with you, which that's not going to feel good. The the escalation, or one of you is going to um, be just shut withdraw. down. Yeah, just withdraw from it because of whatever. Yeah, it feels you know? just like a butting of heads. Like you're both just pushing against each other. And in the very end, it's in at least in my humble view, it comes down to ego. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. we just yep. want things done our way, the way we judge right in the timing that we mm-hmm. judge right. Doesn't matter if it's a person, a horse, a dog. It doesn't matter. It's the same. It's the same thing, mm-hmm. you know. And I see and I catch. I'm much more aware of that myself, but I still like, oh, I did it again. Oh, <laughs> I got it again. Oh man, you know. So it's the constant mm-hmm. search of trying to be like, okay. I'm holding a lead now. I'm here to support the dog and to help the dog feel better or to just don't 
feel the extremes. Mm-hmm. I don't care if you feel like, I don't need to be super happy, but if you can just observe and then absorb that experience and then process it and then, you know, choose the, maybe choose the, the best reaction to go with it, that mm-hmm. is going to give you the ability to be f- more free, mm-hmm. not just physically, but mentally from whatever triggers you. Yeah, because right. you don't get caught up in the ups and downs. Yeah. You, yeah. You're able to stay equanimous. Yeah. You don't get caught up like in the dog's ups and downs. Yeah, or life. Or life, or the kids, like or your partners, or... To me, that's always been the dream, and I've meditated since I was 10, and like that's, you know, reading books of humans who have mastered that, or, I mean, throughout any spiritual or philosophical book, there's going to be humans or entities or beings that have mastered that. And that has always been something that has been the most intriguing to me in life. Um, not food, not girls, <laughs> not, not money, anything. It's been that. Mm. Um, and I think that that has really paid off, paid dividends in working with animals. Yeah is that ability. So I feel very fortunate to have dove into that kind of black hole many, many years ago. Um, But it's really cool to hear you talk about it and to hear more and more people talk about it, but not just talk about it, really put forth an effort because you went and learned transcendental meditation. Mm -hmm. And so you have seen... the benefits of that. You, you maybe said yesterday, like you could do better at being a little more disciplined with your practice or whatever, but you know, the value. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, the benefit, you know, the value and what it can give to you. And so it's there, right? Well, the thing is, is that we're always like, like you said, you're like, Oh, something will happen. And then I reflect on it. It's that part of it where you're like, I was a little too much or oh, stepped out there or I could have meditated this morning or whatever, done whatever feels good. And I feel like we're all in that process. If if a person wants to be and they want to grow in that way, it's always like a reflecting point of like, did I, did I stay neutral there? Was I like really compassionate with my partner or this dog that I was working with and really like feeling them and what they needed? Or was I a little bit caught up in myself or in my expectations, which I feel like goes with your ego point. Yeah. Like, but it's, it's really, it's a magical point in someone's life when the desire to become more aware and more self-referral and seek more neutrality, that desire lines up with their grit and effort and willingness to create that in their life. Because so many people talk about it. Mm -hmm. They talk about, about, um, walking confidently with their dog and and leaving things at the door and when they're on the leash and so on and so forth they talk about it a lot but it's it's way more than talking it is a practice it is a way (laughs) of life and it's not intellectual if it's intellectual for somebody it's not going to work because it's not 
it doesn't function on that level. Dogs will see through that in a second. It, you have to live it. Mm. And that has been very evident to me because dogs, they don't lie. They can't lie. I don't feel that dogs are mischievous. I feel some of them are very smart, a lot smarter than humans. Do you and, mean mischievous of, or manipulative? Or both. Yeah, I think they can be manipulative in Manip- some ways I, if you allow it in some. But it, but again, it goes just through the way you relate on a day to day basis, and you just learn where the benefit lies, and they will just take advantage of it because that's what every. But I feel like manipulation is. I don't feel that dogs manipulate. I think that they will take advantage of different situations and peoples. But I people, but I don't believe that they have it in them to manipulate and be malicious. Yeah. They're not yeah. malicious. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Malicious. I don't yeah. believe that any animal has that. Yeah. yeah um, that's true. I don't think they function on that level. I believe that we have the capability and ability to function on that level. And a lot of humans do, but it's not necessary, but I don't think that animals have that. I think they're more pure than we are in that sense. You know, to me, that's always a beautiful point when I start seeing somebody with the grit and the desire and the willingness to put forth the effort necessary and to maintain that neutrality and be aware of their emotions and make different choices when their emotions emotions do arise in their physiology and not be so blinded by them or limited by them, which then just has their whole world kind of crumble. It's a beautiful thing. And do you feel like, so Nick, I'm curious because from my experience, the gentle method really transformed that for me with dogs. What's your experience with like the gentle method and neutrality? If any. No, absolutely. Um, with the dogs, it, it forced me in a positive way. Nothing wasn't forced. <laughs> Sorry, that's maybe the wrong choice of words here, but yeah, we don't use that. It compelled, word. It compelled me. It compelled that's me. That's a good word, right? To look for non-neutrality, neutrality, but to just be present without having any expectations. Mm. And be realistic about first my skill level and how can I show that to the dog? How can I teach the dog with the skill level that I have in the current moment? So, and I try my best to have no expectations in that scenario because Mm -hmm. things will come when they come. Mm -hmm. All I can do is put my best effort and try to keep myself as supportive and empathetic as I can when I'm dealing with a dog per se in that in, we're talking about dogs so in, in 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 that sense when i mm-hmm. have that lead when i have when i feel the dog through the lead mm-hmm. that feeling that i have to make sure that when i'm holding that lead i'm sending as little feeling down that lead as i can and i'm just sending more intention mm-hmm. rather than sending feeling because if I'm like, oh, I want you to move your hindquarters, you're not moving your hindquarters. Oh, you're not moving your hindquarters. Would you state it as feeling or as like, I almost, because feeling to me is good. 
But it's emotions. Like, I'm sorry. Emotion. Yeah, I'm sorry. There's I'm sorry. emotions. I mixed it okay. up. Yeah, emotions. Yeah. So not sending emotion down is the same if you're riding, mm. right? I mean. Oh yeah, riding a horse. Good luck, <laughs> good luck I, with that's riding That's what a horse gave me like. That's what emotional. blew my mind. And I, I remember calling you or texting you every single time because I'm like, a day that I went to ride, and I was charged up. Oh my god, poor horse. Mm. It was a nightmare. It was terrible because. The music, my body just keeps, kept sending signals to the horse and the horse is just confused and we are like, and I get frustrated and then it's just like, breathe, relax. But then the days that you go and you just feel, mm. it goes both ways and then it's just beautiful. It's yeah. just, I get goosebumps just talking about it. It's mm. just cats that like, and in the end, when you're like, you know, taking the gear off and you're taking a saddle off and you're connecting that horse at the end and I'm almost like you know and you're washing that horse you're brushing that horse it's just like it's almost like they look back at you and kind of like that was nice today that was good rather than those days that are just like oh my god get here oh you feel bad because I feel like I charged up that horse with mm. my energy mm. but the moment you get that feeling when you're feeling that horse through the reins through your legs through your body and the horse can respond to you before you even ask that's when you're like okay now i'm connected now mm -hmm. we are one being mm. just doing this together having this moment together whether if it's my horse or someone else's horse but you for that hour for that moment you were connected as a single being mm -hmm. and and that feeling i feel like is not a lot of people have that feeling with their dogs or have had their feeling with their dogs mm. you know having your dog snuggling with you on the couch great feels great amazing but what about all the other 23 hours of the day, you mm -hmm. know? What about when you're like downtown Boston, downtown Portland with your dog and there's like the world going by and the dog is like, oh, shoot, mm -hmm. you know? How can you get that same connection that you get on your the couch with your dog in that moment? How can you do that? Right. Through food and toys? Mm, I don't know about that, you know? So it's kind of, that's that's how i i see that so things. so going back to the lead you were saying you're like i don't want to put my emotions down through the lead into the dog yeah would you say it's similar to riding a horse when you're riding a horse and you're feeling truly connected yeah because i don't feel like i'm sending emotions down mm. uh, yeah i feel great but I, I i don't feel that as like I'm not like, oh my God, I'm so happy. I'm riding so nicely. It just feels nice. Right. It's just, it's just soothing. It's a right. soothing feeling that that goes down the rain, that goes down the lead, but it's, but it's neutral. Mm. It's like, you're just there. Mm -hmm. You're enjoying it. It's like, if you're sitting, looking at a beautiful mountain and a lake and you're just there feeling and, and absorbing that energy and the energy is going both ways. It's mm -hmm. just... You know, it's going from me to the horse, the horse to me. It's just a cycle that just keeps going and builds that. It's almost like feeling. a little vacuum you, that you yeah, find yeah, yourself in yes. with the animal. Yeah. Because you're present. Yeah. yeah. You're you're away from that ego plane and you're in that awareness plane. Yeah. It's both of you there so aware the, the of the neutral plane. <laughs> yeah, neutral. Yeah, a neutral plane. But it's like you are just aware yeah. of everything. Aware. It's it's like yeah. you, you it's set, like, you, I, I kind of look at it like. But you're not thinking. Yeah. Yes. Because you're like, thinking you're in the ego plane a little exactly. bit. I kind of assimilate it to um, 
when I would listen to like Michael Jordan or like Michael Schumacher, yes. professional athletes talk like flow. talk about the zone flow. or the flow yeah. where they knew what was going to happen right before yeah. it happened. Yeah. And it just was this effortless existence. What's so cool is that like to have that with another living being, it's two that makes one to have that with something else that's living that is so precious because you both have to be on that page together what's really cool is that like imagine and maybe this did happen but like imagine if like michael jordan and scotty pippen were in that zone at the same time right but then that's cool but then you're able to get there with another species yeah that, totally. that yeah. is powerful yeah. they yeah. don't speak english not the yeah. same body language yeah what's the universality there yeah, yeah. energy yeah. yeah so different physical bodies but there's something that you're able to tap into there some level of harmony that <clears throat> transcends the visual it's working on a much more fundamental level. Which is why when you say the intellect intellect gets involved, it goes away. Yeah, right. Like Because once you start analyzing and thinking and all this, you're like, well, I'm out of it now. Your emotions kick in. Yeah. yeah. So that brings me back to the book that I was telling you about, that, you know, becoming nobody. There's value to it because the moment you try to become somebody, you're looking, you're, you're trying to build... I feel that at least I could be interpreting it wrong, but that's how I see it. You're, 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 you're working on your, at some level, you're hitting your ego again, mm. you know, but the moment you just kind of like, you're disconnected from, you know, I don't want to, I'm not thinking, I'm not caring about being the best dog trainer in the world, the best dog handler in the world, but I just want to connect to this dog that I have in front of me and help support this dog, have empathy for this dog now. So I'm not worried about me, about what I'm becoming, what I am, what I, but I'm just present there now and nothing else matters around, mm-hmm. getting to the vacuum again. Mm-hmm. So I'm not thinking about what I'm, what I'm becoming, what I am. No, now I'm there in that moment and nothing else exists in that vacuum. Mm-hmm. And then we get out of the vacuum, connected, a little bit more connected, a little bit mm. more connected, like buffering, yeah. like, you know, 10%, 15%, 20%, 90%, <laughs> right. 100%. That's when you have that, we talk about that finished mm-hmm. dog, yeah. that finished mm-hmm. horse. How long does it take it? As long as it takes. Mm-hmm. As long as it takes. Some dogs, I mean, with her, we talked about that. And that was something that was amazing because I asked you, how long did it take you for you to finish Juno? And you're like, probably three, four years. And I was like, oh, oh, wow, that makes me feel much better because Manny's not finished, but it's basically the same kind of timing. I mean, she's probably as close as, as I'm ever probably going to get a dog to be. <laughs> In a way, I was like, okay, that it takes time to build any relationship. Mm. How long did it take for us to get to this? Mm-hmm. Some years of having a connection, starting a little bit superficial, gets a little bit deeper, gets a little bit deeper, gets a little bit deeper, does a little bit deeper mm-hmm. yeah and and people just want to run to the goal well because the goal is awesome <laughs> because the goal is awesome and it's romantic but like in what reality reality is that does that happen 
in right. relationships. Right. Like it's just, it's not very common, but like sometimes it happens. Sometimes like I had, um, a high school teacher who was like, I think it was shaving in the mirror and this woman walked by and he saw her through the window, through the mirror. She walked past the window, but he saw her through the mirror and he married her within like a week or two. And are they still and together? They're still together. Yeah. And like, sometimes that thing happens when somebody goes and adopts a dog. It's just like they meld and they're golden. But that comes from a past life. But <laughs> who, knows, <laughs> who knows where that comes from? Because yeah. like, if you believe in past lives or if you don't, like, I don't, who knows where that comes from? Fate or just ridiculous probability, but whatever that does happen. But for the vast majority of folks here, we, it takes time and effort and grit and like ups and downs for you to find neutral. Like it's just, and there was somebody in the workshop and we were talking last night about it and somebody who, uh, they were asking a question and it kind of came up a couple different times. I want to say like maybe 10 times, maybe 20 times over the three days, over the three days. And it was packaged differently, but it was the same. They were looking for the same kind of answer from me, right? Or they, they, they had one answer and I was giving them another one, but I packaged it 20 different ways because they packaged theirs in 20 different ways. But it was, it was kind of searching for a shortcut. It was like, how long is this going to take? And I'm like, however long it takes. Every, every dog is different. You have to put in the time. We're giving you tools to execute this. But like, as far as timing goes, I got nothing for you there. Mm-hmm. I have nothing for you there. There's and so I won't variables. have, mm-hmm. and I won't have anything for anyone who ever comes in or for yourself or like any, that. you know? Yeah. It's like, it's not fair. Yeah. Cause the moment you give the timeline in his mind, he has to, he's going to put, too much pressure to try to get to that timeline and that's going to fracture the relationship or or maybe not do enough and then be like well months pass so you know or maybe maybe i'll say a certain amount of time and then right then and there he'll be defeated yeah and it's like why am i going to give him a time thing i'm like i have no idea yeah like i'm just going to leave it open to you to figure out your journey with that dog yeah that's the beauty of it yeah that's why you have a dog, right? Like it's to spend time with them and enjoy them and appreciate them. And so do whatever you need to, to make that happen. You know, you're talking about like the golden relationships, the like magical once in a lifetime, no work, whatever. What I appreciate is that there is a way that we found to not have there need to be a golden relationship. Oh, I mean, the relationship is golden. It is, but it's but it's not like, well, when the perfect dog comes along, then right. it's perfect. No, it's like it, when the dog comes along, it's perfect. Yes. Because there, we have tools to build it in, no matter the history, no matter where they've come from, what, they're, what they've dealt with, how old they are. Like, you can still get to that golden place without it needing to be this perfect 
Yes, that takes practice and letting go of expectations and letting go of our own desires for things happening with specific timing and all this stuff. Yeah, yeah, work and sacrifice and all the things. Yeah, it's a it's a complete kind of package. Yeah, you know, but it's but it it doesn't have to. I guess I'm trying to say is that it it's not that you have to wait for it the dog to come. The dog is there. When they're there, they're there. They're there. Yeah. yeah and you said that to me once that, that, you know, with natural horsemanship, you got to work with a horse right in front of you. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yes. And with some, you might get a finished product much faster. Yeah. With some, you're going to have to work for a while. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I'm a believer that if there's an animal in your life that they're there to help you learn something. Oh, trust me. And, oh, yeah. <laughs> and so the harder the animal, the greater the payoff for you. Yeah. If you want to look at it in a selfish way. I mean, it's obviously, if you succeed, it's a great payoff for both of you. But like the harder, the better. To yeah. a degree. Not that I'm saying I'm seeking the hardest dogs. <laughs> Those are very challenging. But um, anyways. We don't do what the people want. We do what the dog needs. That is kind of what I was searching for earlier when we were talking about... Um, stuff that we were talking yeah. about yeah. and that is the short sweet version of an answer yeah. mm. like because i don't i don't care what the person wants i'm gonna do what the dog needs mm. in order to feel good and enjoy life and that's the trajectory that i'm gonna put both the human and the dog on well it can be let's say you're talking about a client but it can also be yourself as the person no matter what the person myself wants yes yes exactly exactly that's exactly like i there's plenty of times when like i don't want to wake up at 5 a.m to do my program or this or that and then get the dogs out i want to maybe sleep in and and have a little bit more of a casual day yeah like when it's negative 29 out and you're trying to pee your dog and get them moving yeah it's definitely not oh, yeah. the best <laughs> or like yeah it's just that exactly yeah it, it bleeds into it's not just this thing that i'm projecting onto other exactly. people in terms of a business perspective yeah. it's also coming right back at me yeah like i'm not going to expect something of others that i'm also not acting out in my own life which you know? is what we say about dogs too like we ask for neutrality within them because yes we should be looking for it within ourselves too exactly it's not fair it's yeah yeah, totally yeah and i just want to throw this in here because we're talking about emotions it is so bless you (laughs) (laughs) nice that was a a loud one (laughs) (laughs) when talking about emotions it is very challenging when you are feeling emotional to work through that it is not an easy thing to have big feelings come up and maneuver them gracefully like that is a super practice to look from the outside when you're about to react and yeah and and 
And the feelings are in you. Yeah. Like it's easy to look back in the past and be like, oh, now that I'm peaceful, I can look and be like, whoa, that was a bad decision. But in that moment, that is so challenging. It's the story of my life. <laughs> Seriously. And then also just it's like the feeling part of it is so, I want to say emotional, but it's not. Yeah. It's like, like when I feel dogs, I'll cry sometimes because right. of what I'm feeling from them, like pain I'm feeling or fear, fear or an immense growth I'm feeling from them. Yeah. So feeling is tough. For yeah, but feeling it, is tough. Feeling period. It, yeah, but it's it's like it it can be tough. It can come across very similarly to emotions, but they're so different. It's like they're cousins, but they're not Yeah. But one yeah. Yeah, it's it can be very odd. You know, because I could cry because I'm angry, but then I'm also I could cry because of what I'm feeling from a dog and it's coming from a feeling place. But you also make yourself vulnerable. And that yeah. is that that is what a lot of people have a hard time doing mainly us guys, we have a hard time sometimes. You feel like you have to be stoic all the time. You have to be like, no, I can't show feeling. I can't. Mm. And that doesn't help a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. Well, I guess the, I mean, this comes back to being neutral. Because if you feel something and then that feeling comes, it what you're feeling triggers an emotion, uh, then you're no longer neutral. Yeah. Period. But if you sit but, in... But it's, you, you learn over time when you work through things with this kind of dog and this kind of animal and this relationship and this relationship and not again, not always external, internal as well. Mm. A lot of sit with yourself in yourself because that's very important. That's 50% of the equation or 100% of the equation if you want to look at life from a 200% perspective. <laughs> um, and, but when, you, when you're capable of weathering what you feel and mm -hmm. not in a non-empathetic way or compassionate way and not in a stoic way, but just in a neutral way, that is when it becomes magic. And when you're not projecting that. Yes. When it's not an ego thing, when it's not, a, it's just a part of your existence. Or you're not like, I feel, and then you throw that feeling onto something else. Right. And they're like, what? Projection. Yeah, yeah projecting. projecting. You're like, yeah. what? The dog or the partner or whatever is just confused as to why it's coming their way. Yeah. But yeah, feeling can be very tough. I mean, I think we talked about it with, with Angela a little bit, but when you work with dogs that are very troubled, it can be very challenging for people to maintain neutrality, especially if they're trying to like rip your throat out oh, yeah. or if they're so, so feral and so panicked that Anything you do sends them into fright mode, like to the fullest extent. Being able to maintain your cool with both of those, that is a very big skill. It's a very tall order because of how intense it is. But you're not detached. No. You're not you're, like, you're, not well, you're freaking out. Yeah, exactly. It's and not, then you're just numb 
on your side of it. Yeah, like that's you're not still what I'm talking about. And like, yeah. you're you're literally you're feeling it all. You're not attached to them as they're feeling it on their own. Yeah, you're not responding to their reaction. You yeah. you you were kind of like. You're um, there yeah. with them feeling it yeah. and maneuvering it with them. Yeah. And like, it's almost like you almost think of like a plane crashing. You hop in the plane and in, <laughs> in the pilot seat and you help land the plane. Mm. Yeah. That's a good analogy. That's a really you know? good analogy. Like you help land the plane on the ground rather than just being a passenger yeah, or and not watching the plane in. crash, and just yeah. waiting to die. Like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm done. Yeah. yeah, or you're like, I'm not getting in that plane. It's yeah, it's yeah you assist, to the ground. You assist in a nice landing. You yeah. know, that is challenging. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Not many people know how to fly planes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't. Especially planes don't that are know. crashing. Yeah, well, yeah, planes with no engines <laughs> or whatever. Blown yeah. out or whatever. <laughs> I it's mean, it's kind of it's similar. very true though it's it is, very true yes um it's very similar yeah it's being able to keep your cool in a situation like that like yeah so yeah, it takes a lot of practice mm-hmm. it takes a lot of getting to know your own self and getting to know what triggers you and mm-hmm. staying ahead of your own behavior and your own yeah. reaction mm-hmm. to those things and like, realize that you know the reason why that dog it might be going for her throat is because he thinks that everything in the world is going after their throat right so exactly they're gonna go for the throat first yeah. you just gotta show them like you, you don't have to do it's that. not necessary yeah, yeah it's not gonna have to do that don't worry about I'm it i'm not gonna try i'm to... not gonna go for a throat back don't worry about it you can do as many times as you want i'm not yeah. gonna go for a throat and then yeah. at some point they're gonna be like all right i guess I, maybe i'll try something stupid different. yeah you know? i yeah. mean humans are stupid we try doing the same things and getting different results all the time dogs don't really do that for that long <laughs> they would do it for a while but then after a while they're just like okay yeah, let's my dummy try something else. Try something usually the else. second option is going to be a better option that is going to lead them to some sort of comfort, yeah. which will right there build that connection, begin the building of that connection. Yeah. Did you all hear about that guy who was going for a plane ride with his friend in, I think it was like Palm Beach or something, West Palm Beach, Florida. He was flying and... Like the a pi- small, like a small, plane? small plane. Yeah. yeah, like a two seater. Okay. And the pilot passed out. Oh my god! And he was just along for the ride. Yeah, he <laughs> didn't know how to fly a plane, and so he got on the radio and was like, "Hello, my the pilot just passed out. I don't know how to fly a plane." And they coached him oh, yeah. to the Jesus ground. Christ. That's so good. <laughs> he kept his cool, and like the, I heard a recording, and his call, his voice was like. It was Sunday morning and he was drinking the, a cup of the coffee. The friend who's, who's act trying as to if. fly the plane. Yeah, the guy who's trying to fly the plane is cool. Yeah, the guy who took over the plane because oh. his buddy had passed out. He was just mellow. Super calm. Yeah. <laughs> if you think about it, I have two choices. Yeah. I can freak out and just die. And make or it worse. Or I can try yeah. to collect myself and maybe live. Yeah. <laughs> but but it's, it just it sounds so easy, but it's not. It's not you know? Easy. Like, we just are so instinctual in our natural ability to react to life and panic like react to things it's not normal at this day and age and whatnot for us to be neutral and observe life and then respond you know consistently respond to life as opposed to react to it 
Because when you're when you're responding that moment, you're being present. When you're freaking out, you're already thinking about the exactly. future, how yeah. you're gonna be dead. Yeah. yeah. And you're like, oh my god, oh my god, I can do this. But if you're like, okay, I'm here now, that's the only place I can be. Yeah. So you know, not everybody has that exactly that ability to, you know, ground themselves in that moment. Or be able to do it all the time. Like there are times when I nail it, and then there are other times where I'm like, nope. Right. Plus with dogs. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> That's what's rubbed I'm... off from you. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. This is the dog part. Got it. Less with dogs, more with people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Oh my God. Thank God. That, I hope that never happens to me. I have a friend who is a pilot. Make sure I never fly with him in a two-seater. <laughs> yeah, right. Just in case he decides to pass out on me just make sure the radio works and you'll be yeah. fine good point there you go with the dogs i know i can call you but with the plane i guess it'll be a little bit more more difficult maybe you'll have internet and you can go back to the youtube teacher oh my and... god yeah oh my god dr you dr youtube dr google yeah dr google while the plane's crashing yeah. oh my god how to fly i think that work out yeah somehow. it'll take a little bit too long oh my god oh man Good. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Well, thank you, Nick. Yeah. Thanks for thank you for having us. Thank you for hosting us. Yeah. Um, what a delightful space that we had. It was a warm space. I was not. Well, we definitely warm. needed that this weekend. It was pretty warm. It could have been warmer, but the temperature was also negative thirty. Um. I mean, yeah. we were all in like sweaters. Like we weren't. Yeah. No one was in coats or. Gloves I mean, Kristen or... was sweating. Because her dog was, <laughs> her dog was trying she to was, eat me. Yeah, she was warm. Yeah, she got a little warm there for a little bit. But um, yeah, thank you that so awesome. much for, I for chatting you here. Guys. And, and yeah, I appreciate you guys making the trip. And, uh, you know, we're trying to build our East Coast community. Mm. And, um, you know, hopefully we can make this a yearly thing. And, you know. It seems that way. Yeah. And we can get keep it growing and growing and get more people mm. involved. And, you know, hopefully... In the future, you can have multiple workshops in a yeah. in a mm -hmm. year rather than only one. You know, let's yeah, see. That's cool. my that's my dream. That's my goal. There, so <laughs> let's make it happen. And at some point, maybe we can we can get a trailer behind a truck, and Merlin can come to the East Coast. <laughs> yeah, totally. that would be there. Good. You go. There we go. That, we need an outdoor venue for that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Merlin could not. Well, he could fit in that space we were in, but. I don't it would think just appreciate be him. marching place. <laughs> I don't think horse pee or poop would bud very well in the Yeah, in I don't the dog think the, the spray cleaner would have worked for that very no, well. That would be a lot. No. <laughs> Need like a gallon <laughs> for... Yeah. Anyways. Well, thank you, Nick. Yeah, thank, thank you, guys. You. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you, Cole. Yeah. All right.